Wondrous, marvelous love. Amen. Can you say amen to that? All right, we'll dismiss all the children up through age eight. If you'd like to go to Children's Church, all the children up through age eight, of course, you're welcome to stay with your family. But we do appreciate our faithful workers. While the children are leaving, you know, someone asked a well-known theologian. A theologian, of course, is supposed to be an expert in the Bible, you know. Out of all the gifts and abilities that God's given you and you've given your life of study and all the deep truths and doctrines of the Bible, what's the greatest truth you've ever come across in your study of the Scriptures? And without a moment's hesitation, he said that Jesus loves me. That Jesus loves me. I love that little chorus, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Amen. I don't get to work with children much anymore, which is probably a good thing. But I do get to go to the nursing homes every now and then, and we sing that a lot. I love to sing it. And sometimes we'll sing it, and we'll change it, and sing it instead of Jesus loves me, we'll say, now change me to you, and then point to somebody. And we'll sing Jesus loves you, this I know, for the Bible tells you so and all. And then sometimes we'll sing it, and sometimes it depends uh, with the elderly in the nursing home. We'll sing it, and we'll try to sing it without saying the word me. Matter of fact, I was tempted to try it here this morning, but we we don't have enough time. But you sing Jesus loves, and instead of saying me, you clap your hand. Jesus loves, and you try to catch and see if you can get it. And sure enough, you know, somebody's always going to say me, and, uh, and you're trying to see if you can get through the whole song without saying the word me and all. So there's just, you can have a lot of fun with these little courses. So you can try that with your family when you get home, all right? But aren't you glad Jesus loves you this morning? And he loved us enough to go to the cross. But as these ladies were singing, I'm glad he loves me today, amen? And it's an eternal love, isn't it? It's an eternal love. Open your Bibles with me this morning to a very familiar passage of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 5 is where we're going to begin in Ephesians chapter 5, and, and uh, I'm tempted to ask you this question, and I guess I could ask it. How are things with your family today? How are things in your marriage? How are you and your children getting along, you and your grandchildren? Now, we all have bumps in the road along the way, don't we? We do. Now, it may be, and, and I would hope, I, maybe every one of us could say, well, right now everything's going good uh, with the spouse, the kids, we're all, you know, we have, we all have our issues. But, and then some of you may be sitting here today, and, and uh, whether it's your marriage or your family, and you're going through some, some heavy heartaches and stuff. We just, we just never know, do we, and all. And, uh, but uh, I, I just want to share some things with you this morning that, uh, that practical things that might help us uh, if we don't need them today, there may come a day when we will need them. And then God can help us to take these thoughts and help others. Now, by the way, men, men, are you listening? I know I don't need to remind you of this. I know I don't, but I'm going to do it anyway. Thursday is Valentine's Day, okay? And just in case uh, you meet someone this week that needs to be reminded of that, I thought I'd mention it. As a matter of fact, I'm planning, unless something happens, to take Thursday off and and I might take my Valentine down to Lynchburg. The first time I saw my wife, I was uh, we we uh, I went to what was known then as Lynchburg Baptist College. It's Liberty University today, and everything took place right on the uh, where Thomas Road Baptist Church is. They didn't have a college campus or anything, and the 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 church 
auditorium and the church classrooms was the college campus during the week. And one day, standing up in one of the hallways, uh, 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 another uh, a friend of mine who was a boy, not my boyfriend, but a friend who was a boy, <laughs> and, uh, and was standing there in between classes, looking out the window down over other students coming and going. We were up on second or third floor. And uh, I said, uh, Pete, look at those two girls coming there. And pretty good looking, her, you know. And... Uh, and uh, I can still tell you the one had black boots on. Had I can still tell you the color of the clothes she had on. And uh, that was the first time I saw her. And then I started sawing her. Uh, sawing her. <laughs> uh, getting all mixed up on her. And uh, I began to see her. And you know how we are. We just accidentally bump into each other. Well, actually, uh, the first time I actually spoke to her, it wasn't an accident. I actually was rushing to the to the lunchroom to get lunch, and, and I was in a hurry, and I ran, and, and the lunch line had backed up out into the hallway, and I came almost running around the corner, and ran, all just, well, I didn't ram, bumped into the uh, girl, the last person in line, guess who it was? It was that girl I'd seen, and had kind of noticed around the campus, and I stuttered and spit and slobbered, and I <laughs> turned 14 different colors, and finally said hello or something, I don't know. And uh, that's where it all... And then finally, uh, I chased her around a while till she caught me. And uh, <laughs> here, here we are all these years. But, uh, and and I've, I say that to, uh, we have so much to be thankful for, don't we? And I hope you, uh, we can stir all of our memories and, and uh, we have much to be thankful for. Let's have prayer and then we want to look into the Word of God for a few minutes. Father, thank you for your love. And God, I pray today, Lord, that uh, in our marriages, in our homes and families, our relationships, Lord, with our children and everyone, Lord, I just pray today. And, and we don't know maybe some of the struggles, some of the conflicts and, and difficulties that some may be going through here today, or maybe what we'll face in the future. So God, encourage our hearts and and minister to us and use us to minister to others. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me start reading in Ephesians chapter 5 with verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. And be not drunk, Ephesians 5 verse 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled or controlled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but, it's, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. 
For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Now this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Jesus Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. First of all, may I remind us all today that in this wonderful classic passage of Scripture here dealing with the family, that God uses the Apostle Paul to remind us in chapter 5 and verse 31, chapter 5 and verse 31, that God is the one that instituted the home, the family, and marriage. And I would hope today, and I've been reminded many times that you can get yourself in trouble supposing, but I hope today that we can all agree on this, that we still believe in God's divine design for marriage and the home and the family. Amen? Amen. And Paul takes us back there in, in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 31 to the original story of creation. And we won't take time to turn back to Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 where God created Adam and Eve. God created the first male and the first female. And if you go back and read that, you go through the story of creation. It says, and God spoke, and there it was. And by the way, we believe in six literal 24-hour days of creation. And God spoke, as, as we've said, that's the bang theory we believe in, that God spoke and bang, there it was. And, uh, and it says there, and God saw that it was good, and God saw that it was good, and God saw that it was good. And then it says that, uh, God saw that it was not good, something that was not good, that Adam be alone and not have a help mate. <laughs> now when it says that God said, uh-oh, here's something. He didn't say, uh-oh, that's not in the Hebrew. <laughs> he, he, he said it's not good. It's, it didn't mean that, oh, I've made a mistake, or, or uh-oh, or, or there's something lacking here. What he meant was he created the man and then he says, now man needs a help meet or a help that's suitable to bring together. And God created woman and brought them together. God did that. Now, if I'm assuming we all are in agreement on that, why even mention it again? Because there's a gentleman I know, and I won't mention the name of the ministry right now, but in, in, in he, he, the ministry that God's called him to is rallying pastors and churches together to try to, like this past Thursday, to go down to Richmond and, and take a stand for pro-life and, and take a stand with all the issues we're dealing with as a nation and now in our own state on sexual identity and same-sex marriage and, and trying to redefine the family. And he is so burdened and so frustrated because he says most of the pastors and now when, that he contacts, and you have to keep in mind now, he's not just talking about independent Baptists, he's talking about everybody. He says, you know what? 
the majority of the pastors tell me, well, brother so-and-so, I, I know I agree with you, these things, but if I stand up in my church and say something, well, half my church will walk out. Well, bless God, they ought to, amen. They ought to get on, walk down to the altar and get on their knee and get right with God. What they're really saying is I may lose my job or I may have to start looking for another place to preach. And God forbid we're going to answer to God one day. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's all, you know, I thank God. It, you make my job easy. Now, I'm not, I'm not foolish. There may be somebody here today that doesn't agree with what I'm teaching and preaching, and that's all right. You have a right to be wrong if you want to, amen? But, uh, but you know what? It, it's easy to come into a crowd like this where you're, you know, we're in agreement. But would to God, what if I was pastoring a church today where you knew half the church di didn't believe it? Well, you know, one thing, I I'd be wondering why I was there, amen? I'd be, if, they, I'd be, uh, if I couldn't preach the truth, then I'd find me another place to preach. But folk, we live in a sheltered world. And I say that today because th th it's not just out in the world, it's in our churches today. It's in our churches today. We're well out of love and compassion. We, we don't agree with all this, but we're just not. Well, folk, if we don't give people the truth, listen, that's abuse. That's abuse. And we need to make up our minds today. Do we have a Holy Spirit wrought Bible-based conviction on so many areas today, but especially on this marriage? That this is God's divine plan, amen? And folk, if we're going to help our children and our grandchildren and our localities and our states and our nation in these times, we're going to have to be willing to stand up and speak the truth, speak it in love, amen, but take a stand for the Word of God, amen. Keeping our mouths shut is not showing compassion and love, amen. We, that's a weak amen. Thank you, Ted, amen. Thank you, Ted. Somebody asked me if I'd ever heard Oliver Green preaching. How many of you ever heard Oliver Green? I said, no, I've heard him on tape, and I heard his preacher, Jack Green, preach one time right up here in Buena Vista. And right in the middle of his sermon, Jack Green, Oliver Green's preacher, stopped preaching and came down and sat right on the front. And I thought, you know, just a three or four seconds silent. And I thought, what is he going to do? And he sat down and he looked up there at the pulpit and nobody. And he went, Amen, Jack, preach it, Brother Jack. Amen, Jack, preach it, Brother Jack. And got up and came back up there and said, Well, nobody else is going to amen me. I'll amen myself, amen. No, I've never done that. Now, uh, whether you say amen out loud or not, I hope you're saying it in your heart. Amen. Now, and here Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 reminds us in verse 31, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And that's a beautiful story back there. The leaving. And the cleaving, that word means glued, glued together until death do you part. And they become one flesh, two becoming one, complementing one another. And God even said it is not good for Adam to be alone. He needs a partner. And somebody said Adam was not complete until he got a wife, and then he was finished. <laughs> Go ahead and throw a hymn book, ladies. I don't care. And so that's God's divine plan, isn't it? 
Now, in this context of Scripture, let me share with you quickly some things that I believe God can use to help us. Some, and I begin by reading there in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, 19 and 20, about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because in this sin-cursed world, with our flesh, it's a spiritual warfare, the world flesh and the devil, God knows we need His mercy and grace. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Do we not? Do we not? And first of all, may I share with you, and there's so much here. First of all, may God give us a thankful, grateful, appreciative spirit toward our spouses, toward our families. Notice he says in verse 20, Ephesians 5, verse 20, been filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 19, speaking to yourselves, verse 19, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making metal in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things and to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. May I suggest that, I'll, that, that if I really want God to help me to be the husband I ought to be, the spouse I ought to be, the father, then the, 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 the more mature and the closer I am to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the healthier relationship I have with my Savior, that's what verse 19 is all about, and, 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 and being filled with the Holy Spirit will just automatically help me to be a better spouse and a better in all my relationships in life. Is that not true? And you know, it's so easy to see the negative in it. It's so easy to have a critical spirit. And, and that's true. And especially the people that we are around 24 hours a day. Our spouse, our children, our grandchildren, our family members. And, 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 and because we, we, <laughs> we learn everything about us, amen, our strengths and weaknesses. And it makes a difference. You know, I was thinking about my parents are in heaven today. I had no choice about what family I was going to be born into. And I could stand up here and tell you some wonderful things about my mom and dad. I can tell you some things. My mom, bless her, she had a lot of nerve problems. Uh, she would probably have been diagnosed today with, uh, what's it called, o OCD? Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. I met a man the other day. You know the Calvary Quartet we had singing here a while back? One of those guys told me, he said, I, th I think he was joking. He, made me, he said, I'm so, I, I, I'm so obsessive, compulsive. He said, I, I say CDO because I've got to have the letters in the right order. <laughs> you know? I remember we used to joke with my, in, the, in a respectful way. I don't want to give you one. I'd say, Mom, you're going to rub a hole in that sink. You know? You clean that thing. And uh, you'd think she was putting salt in a salt shaker through the holes in the top. She'd spend more. But I'll tell you one thing. The, 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 uh, the tops on those salt shakers were clean. Now, you know, some of my family members kid me sometimes. I, this may be a nervous habit, I don't know, or it may be OCD. I'm going one, two, three, four. One, two, three. Is he, are you counting? One, two, three. I just, you know. And, uh, you know, and what, what, I'm making sure I got my billfold, my keys. I tell you what, I hadn't lost my car keys in a long time. <laughs> my son Tim came by the house the other day and he got ready to leave and couldn't find his car, his truck keys. <laughs> We spent 10 minutes looking for his truck. You know, now he just like, man, you got to go behind him, shut the doors, pick up. I mean, how in the world does he make it 24 hours a day? You know? We're all different, aren't we? You know? And uh, so, you know, uh, my wife, Judy, uh, she came up in a home where uh, her father was an alcoholic. 
left home when she was a teenager. Uh, thank God she was never physically abused, but she's never known really what it is to have a father that she felt like really loved her. She's gone through all those struggles that many of you go through to feel that she's abandoned. And we got married, and she wasn't looking for another father. Nobody can replace her father and be a father. But you know what she learned through all that? I've heard her share it so many times over the years. She's learned to appreciate the fact that she has a heavenly father in a way maybe that I can never appreciate till I get to heaven. So, you know, you can always see the negative, but there's positive there. And so whatever your home life you came out of, whatever your situation is right now, you know, there's always, what I'm trying to remind us is there's always something to be thankful for, amen? Thankful for and all. And not allow the devil to, to be, help us to become so wrapped up with the negative and, and the things that need to be corrected that we miss out on the good that we have and take it for So first of all, a good... I need that. How about you? Sometimes I need God to help me to just be full of the Holy Spirit, close to Jesus, verse 20... And just try to think of something to be thankful for in the Lord. And even in the worst situations, there's something to be thankful for. Number two is a spirit or an attitude or a quality of life that I jotted down. Humble submission. Humble submission. Notice he says in verse uh, uh, 21 there, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submit. And the word submitting there implies humility and submitting yourself, yielding. It's yieldingness. Holy Spirit wrought humility and yieldingness. And now he begins with the wives in verse 22. He says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband's as unto the Lord. And uh, he's talking there about the, the, the biblical structure. Now we said we believe that the marriage is God-ordained, God's divine plan for the family. And God, because we are sinful people, he's instituted the church, he's instituted government, he's instituted the family, and he's given a divine order of things in order to function, a proper order of authority. And by the way, still, <laughs> I can see where in, in the average church today, two-thirds of the women would get up and walk out when you say, hey, the husband is the head of the home. And I tell you what, you can jot this reference down and look it up for yourself, folks. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12 says that one of the signs that God's judging your nation is you'll be ruled by the women and children. The women and the children will be running things. And he wasn't just speaking symbolically there. And you go out, I went, I got a, you notice I got a haircut? I think that's why it dawned on me it was 17 degrees this morning. I went to the barber shop yesterday, and, or Friday. And my barber was telling me that he, he had a teenage boy a few months ago he was having some issues with. The teenage boy didn't want to follow the rules of the home. Good Christian family. 
And he goes to the home of another teenager, one of his buddies, and complains to his parents. Well, this other teenage boy, his mother comes to the barbershop and comes in and starts telling this fellow how he ought to be a friend to his teenage son. And right in front of the customers. And he said, I told her, I said, well, well, ma'am, I appreciate you coming, but my first responsibility is not to be a friend to my teenage son, but his parent. And he needs to learn. That's not ridiculous. And he says, well, you, you need... And I said, well, he said, well, finally, I just had to show her where the door was. I said, she didn't have, you know. Now, there's a balance to everything. You get out here in the marketplace today, folks, kids are running the country. Kids are running, kids are running mom and dad. And, and it's not the same world I grew up in and all. And so there is such a thing it's easy to say, yeah, this is God's structure and this is God's plan. And sometimes it's hard to get to fit into God's structure things. Now, fellas, we're all saying amen so far and the women are quiet. But you know what? I need to be humbly submitted. To what? To the responsibilities that God's given me. That's right. That's what verse... 21 is all about submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God that we all, and, and by the way, you know what? I'm so sinful that only the Holy Spirit can help me do this. I want my own way. I want to neglect my responsibilities and let somebody else, you know, we, we all struggle with some of these things, don't we? But the Holy Spirit can help us, help us to say, you know what? God, help me to be thankful, but help me to have humble submission. Now, 1 Peter chapter 3, we don't have time to turn to that, but in 1 Peter chapter 3, the Apostle Peter talks about this. Matter of fact, all down through that scripture, Paul's talking about as Christians, as born-again Christians, we need to learn to submit to government. We need to learn to submit to those in authority over us at the workplace. Now, not if they ask you to do something wrong, then you have, you have to obey God and serve the... But we have to learn to submit and accept responsibility. And then he goes on down through there and he says, Now you husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. Humble yourself, submit to the position and accept the response. It's time to man up, men, is the way they say it today. Amen? It's time to man up and just, uh, you know, uh, here's a young lady that uh, gets pregnant and, and we talk about the abortion issue. Well, where's the father of that baby, amen? In all these home situations. So it's easy to tell the wife, well, I need to submit and man up and accept my and take a responsibility for decisions I've made and choices I make and decisions in life. And especially as born-again Christians, amen. And we have the Holy Spirit that can help us do that. And I call it humble submission. Proverbs chapter 13, I hope you jot that verse down in Isaiah. Proverbs 13.10 says, only by pride cometh contention. Only by pride cometh contention. Proverbs 13, 10. It's amazing how many marital issues and difficulties between mates and companions can be resolved if we would just humble ourselves and ask God to get dig out old, cut that old pride out of us. Amen. You know, they've taken surveys among teenagers and said, 
what's the two, you know, two or three things that you'd love to see with your parents? And, and it's amazing how many times the number one thing is, I wish my dad one time would just admit when he's wrong. I wish my, you know, now I know we say, well, teenage, you know, no, that's true, isn't it? Our old rotten, stinking pride. To just say, well, you know what? I, I rushed a judgment. I had a bad attitude there. And just humble ourselves. And, and, uh, and it's amazing what can be accomplished. Well, we could go on and on with that. Just, just accepting our position in God's structure of things and asking the Holy Spirit to give us a heart of humble humility and humble submission and accepting the responsibilities that are within that position and place where God's put us. A third thing I jotted down was loving leadership. And he talks about the husbands here, beginning in verse 23 of Ephesians 5. Husbands, the husband's the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and the Savior of the body. And, and the husband is the Savior in the sense that he's to be the protector. He's to be, be the provider and so forth. In verse 24 and 25, he talks about the church being in submission to Jesus and and. And Jesus been the head of the church. In verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now, first of all, think about this. We think about, and by the way, you can go back through the last, if man's been here 6,000 years, 7,000 years, 6,000 years, and civilizations, you can study history, and they've all, to a degree, honored this divine plan for marriage, whether they realized it was God's plan or not. And you can look at the nations that, that have denied it and those nations have been destroyed. And, and even the nations today that are deliberately violating and ignoring God's plan, they're suffering the severe consequences of it. And, and God help us if we continue this road in America. But why, now here God uses this marriage plan that he ordained as a picture of the relationship of Jesus Christ in the church. Isn't that amazing? Wow! That, you talk about the sanctity of human life. What about the sanctity of marriage? When God uses that to picture marriage and so forth. And he says, Husbands, love your wives as Jesus Christ loves the church. I think I've got a lot of growing to do. Would you men agree with me that we all do? You better believe we do. Loving leadership, accepting responsibility. I jotted another thing down. These are, you can say, attitudes, qualities of life that I need the Holy Spirit to help me with. A thankful spirit humble submission, loving leadership. How about respect and appreciation? Look down at the end of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 33. Ephesians 5 verse 33. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. You know, we're ourselves at home, aren't we? You know, and sometimes we say, well, I just went out and kicked the dog. Well, I guess we need to be concerned even about the dog. But sometimes we can say things, can't we? That boy can hurt. We go home, we take our frustrations out on the person that we should love the most. 
Sometimes it may be our children. And we've all done that, haven't we? That's why we need to come back and humble ourselves and be willing to acknowledge it and say, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our child, even if you kick the dog, go out and apologize to the dog, amen, you know? But to say things or refuse to say things, to, to belittle one another, to hurt, you know, is it not true that sometimes those are the deepest wounds and most difficult hurts in our lives, isn't it? When the people we love the most, we can hurt one another because we're showing. And sometimes it's, we don't really mean it. It's just we're hurt, we're frustrated, whether it's work-related or, 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 or we've been hurt and, and we've got to take it out on somebody. And so we're showing a lack of appreciation and a lack of respect for someone else and we take it out on them, don't we? Uh, and sometimes we do these things among the people that down, down deep inside we truly love the most. I, I need the Holy Spirit to help me with that. How about you? I do. And so he says, now let's make it, let's apply in verse 33 of Ephesians, let every one of you in particular, now Frank, take it and apply it to yourself today. Love your wife. As Christ loves the church and as you love yourself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband and you can and back and forth and see that the husband reverences and respects his wife. Now children, we don't want to leave you out. A spirit of obedience. Look at verse... We've divided in the chapters and verses, chapter 6 and verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And how many times have we heard if children don't learn to submit to authority and respect their parents? My same barber the last time I was in his barber shop. Oh, I was joking him about he doesn't have any grandchildren yet. And, and, and I said, I'm going to bring some of my grandkids in here to just show you how much fun they are. And he said, well, I don't like for parents to bring their kids in. I said, why? He said, they tear the place apart. He said, parents don't control them. He said, I tell you the truth. He said, he said I, I'm honest. He said, I, when I see a parent bring a child in here, I, 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 the whole time I'm cutting hair, I'm wondering what they're doing in the other part of the building. Nobody has control of them. Isn't that sad, folks? Sad the times we're living. Well, if they don't learn that in the home, where are they going to learn it? And children, I beg with you, watch this, watch this. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment. And he takes us back to the Ten Commandments, and look at the promise he attached to it, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And he, he, you can apply that individually. God said, I'll honor you, I'll bless you for it personally. And your whole nation is going to benefit from it. Remember what that verse I gave you in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12? That one of the signs of God's judgment is that you don't have enough men who are willing to man up and take the place of leadership. And that's why the, if they don't do it, the women are going to step in and do it. And that's where we are. You'll be ruled by the women and children. And so he's saying there, children, you're going to benefit your nation, your whole culture. Your whole nature, your whole nation will benefit 
from the fact that children are learning to respect authority and learning to obey. And if they don't learn it there, the whole nation is going to suffer because of it. Wow. It was a national promise to Israel that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. And fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition. You know, we often say we don't talk, but we believe in spanking children. But I'm going to tell you what, folks, if you do it biblically, it takes time. It takes a lot of love, a lot of explanation. You don't just, now I know we were joking the other day, and Judy reminded me of what one lady said. You know, you say, well, you don't do it in anger. So one lady said, well, well, if I don't do it while I'm riled up, I'll talk myself out of it. Well, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> well, but you know, to properly discipline a child, Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. It takes, you know, it takes, and that's our process. See, we're in a hurry. We don't, and, and we let pressure build out, and then we just spout off. And, and we've all done that. And by the way, that's why sometimes we need to go back and say, you know, you know, I, I, maybe I overreacted, but I still believe what I did was right. And I love you. I love you. There's a proper way to handle these things. You know, it's not just like a bull in a china closet. And I've been there before. We all have. We learn from it. And he says, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We just need a good old Holy Spirit wrought spirit of obedience, don't we? Not stubborn rebellion against the things of God. Well, Paul laid it down here for us, and if I can wrap it up, you can go home and read Psalm 144. And in the end of Psalm 144, the psalmist said, Lord, we'd like to be living in a society where our economy's been blessed and we're protected and there's no rioting out in the streets and our kids are growing up and maturing and, and there's godliness and holiness. And, and he says it can be that way. It can be that way for the people of the Lord. If, 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 if Jehovah's your God and his principles are put to practice. But if not, then we reap the consequences of it, don't we? So yes, we believe that we have God's design for the family and God's order of structure. And now what we need is the Holy Spirit to help us to line up in there and allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and cultivate these fruits of the Spirit, these attitudes, these qualities of life, of being thankful, humble submission, loving leadership, Respect and admiration, obedience and honor in all of our lives. By the way, I, I mentioned my mom and dad are in heaven. But by the grace of God, I'm, I'm like all of you. If I could go back and live my life, I'm sure there were things that I would wish I'd have never said to my mom and dad and wish I'd have obeyed them. But I tell you what, till the moment both of them took their last breath, I thank God I, I tried to honor them respect them. And even though when I left home and married Judy, we started a whole new family unit and it wasn't up to mom and dad to, to tip, but I still respected their advice, their wisdom, and still honored them and so forth. Amen. And you know what? You find out God will bless you for that. God will bless your family and God will bless your nation for it. Isn't that what we want, folks? Now, I hope we've just shared some thoughts with us all today to just challenge us and 
and strengthen our convictions. And, and maybe this week we could go back and say, okay, what, what can I do as a husband to love my wife more and show it and respect her? My children, my grandchildren. What could we do, God, to strengthen our marriage, to strengthen our homes and strengthen our families? And in the end, and children, what can you do? Start, ask God to help you. What can you cultivate in your life now that, you know, fellas, God may give you a wife someday. Hang in there. <laughs> Girls, God may give you a husband someday, you know. So you need to be praying, God, what, what can I learn at home and what kind of qualities of life, O oh Holy Spirit, can you cultivate in me now that will help be preparing me for the future? Huh? And then also... Let God bring that person. You don't have to go looking for them. You say, I'll end up an old maid. Not unless God wants you to. That usually doesn't happen. I'll tell you what, you let God bring the right person into your life and everything will be okay. You say, well, preacher, it's too late for me. I believe I've already got the wrong one. No, it's the right one. <laughs> Let's settle that right now. That's too bad. It's the right one. Amen. Now you let God listen, love each other, and help each other. Life is too short, isn't it? And grow together in the things of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, speak to our hearts today. Speak to our hearts. Lord, help us in our marriages, our homes, our families. And uh, God, help us by your mercy and grace to even with the conflicts and the troubles and heartaches that come our way, to show our world, God, that your way really is the best way. Be with our children, our young people. Be with all of us. and Help us to just, where we are at this moment in our lives, to learn and put your principles to practice. And God, help us this Valentine week in our marriages and homes and families. Uh, Lord, strengthen us and help us. Give us wisdom. And we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would you stand with me quickly? And just very quickly, I'm going to ask the pianist to play a verse on the piano. And I can't just let you leave without saying, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Let's take our trials and problems to Jesus. Allow the Holy Spirit to have His will and way in our hearts and lives. If we can help you, would you come right now? Would you come right now? Just share with us what's on your heart. We'll have someone pray with you and help you. Ask God to help you this week in your marriage. We all are growing and learning together, aren't we? Just let the Holy Spirit have His will and way. In our families, our children, young people, teenagers, we, we love you, we appreciate you. All oh, the sooner in life you learn to just let God have His will and way and cultivate these qualities of life, you'll be so thankful for it. You'll be so thankful for it. And ask the pianist to finish this verse, and that's all. If we can help you, you come.
And all the Lord's people said, Amen. I know uh, there's a lot of, I looked around the auditorium a while ago, and I see several of you sitting here who, I want to say, lost your spouses recently. You haven't lost them. You know where they are. And I know times like this are difficult for you, but you have a church family praying for you. And you have a God that loves you and cares for you. And it's going to be worth it all when we see Jesus one day, isn't it, folks? It's going to be worth it all when we see Jesus one day. Amen. Teenagers, I believe Steve wants to... The teens and their parents. Teen and your parents. What's that? Oh, okay, okay. So if all the teens and your parents could just meet Steve back here in uh, very quickly, just for a minute or two, that would be great. Good day. God bless you. We'll see you back here tonight at 6 o'clock.